July 27, 2020, it's a Watford Pedro show.
for Pedro Show. Happy Monday. Last Monday of July. Summer more over than last show, which was two <laughs> Anyway, we started with John Coltrane. The Damn Don't Cry. And uh, Jerome after that with whole time. Speaking of Jerome, you know, Brother Matt's at the Love Grotto, the Pleasure Point, a couple miles south of my pad here, but I'm not man alone totally because those righteous Software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got Pat Matrans. Or, or, or Mertens. Mertens, yeah. yeah. Mertens. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Matrans. Matrans. Mertens, because you got a clever way of spelling that by using the n- number. Oh, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, with my Instagram handle. Yeah. So it's supposed to be like Mertens, like the one zero, the ten. So. Different than yeah. the Merkin, right? A Merkin. Is kind of a piece that porno ladies use. Uh, yeah, a little different. Yeah, a little different. <laughs> a little different. But uh, I got to thank uh, Dylan first off for making the connect. Yeah, uh, thank you, Dylan. And he's been such a cool. Uh, we're talking about on the other side in uh, South Carolina, way, uh, dear Blanca, boss. And I know he spent some time here, and uh, he's got buddies here. He made a video and stuff. I know. Uh-huh, yeah, that was our mutual friend, uh, Adam Seiler, who made the video, who is a good friend of mine and former roommate, and he kind of linked us up uh, when Dylan was in town to make that video a couple of years ago, and then we've kind of just been pen pals ever since. Yeah, it happened. 
yeah. now let's talk about your music journey. What, what, yeah. uh, Pat, please tell me your earliest musical recollection. Earliest musical recollection. Uh, my dad was like a big deadhead guy. So it was always like weekends cruising around in, in his car and like listening to live Grateful Dead. And uh, that didn't really like translate into my musical tastes later in life. But I'd say that's probably my first. Wait, wait, what do you mean? He had like a cassette player? And he played oh, yeah, tapes. yeah, cassette player okay, and, you okay. know, listening all the, like, live. Well, you, when you say you're, you're hearing the Grateful Dead in the car, it's like fucking Jerry's in the back seat or what, you know? Yeah, he's just, <laughs> like, he's hanging there with us. <laughs> kind of, but not. It was cassettes. Yes. Because they had the big group of tapers, right, and were trading uh, live shows and stuff like this. Yeah, man, which, I, I don't know, I admire that part of their whole scene and that kind of their jam band culture thing i mean that's never been my bag like musically like i said but just uh i like that that uh thing they got going on you know <laughs> now uh was he just a listener to, or did he play too uh he was always just a fan no one really in my family is like a musician or a player really so the pad you grew up and had no instruments Nope, no instruments. I probably like saw like a guitar store in the neighborhood. I was born in Kansas City, and then we later moved to Austin when I was like seven. But I remember like you know seeing the guitar store, you know, classic in the window. Like I want one of those when I was like five, and then I got my first like acoustic, like classical nylon string when I was like seven, eight, and started taking lessons. You know who's from Kansas City? Charlie Parker. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. And uh, Lester, uh, the pork pie hat, Lester Young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so not backwater. And Austin's probably the biggest music town in Texas. So, But I, I'm curious, uh, so so, uh, what about school? So, no, you said five years old, so that's that ain't even fucking kindergarten, huh? So you wanted, yeah. to, you wanted to start playing before you even went to school. Yeah, pretty much. Why, why do you think? Because you live near a, a guitar, uh, music store? Yeah, there was like one in the neighborhood. And then, um, and then you know, like it was, that was, I was born in 90. So like, I remember hearing like Green Day on the radio when I was like five or six. And speaking of cassettes, like got that like Dookie cassette uh, as like, you know, first grade or something like that. And then I was like, yeah, I want to play guitar. And so... That's Just, that's pretty early though. That's pretty good, but in yeah, but early. but but Pat, in school, did you get in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Uh, no, I never did any of that until like high school. I did like jazz band, okay. and so that's kind of like the only like in school musical experience I had. But I was already doing like garage bands and stuff like that. Yeah, but you and told me music, uh, rock camps and stuff when I was like middle school. But you said that when you got the acoustic guitar, you got lessons. So that was kind of a school. That was a teacher. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I started taking like classical guitar lessons when I was like seven or eight or something. And then. Uh, what was that, that was like? What, what was years. that like? That was cool. Honestly, like, I was so young, I like don't remember a whole lot of it. I don't think I was like super interested in it, really. You, you probably wanted but, to learn the songs off of Dookie. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to be learning those, but, you know, it's like the classic, like, your parents are like, oh, yeah, you should yeah. learn a guitar first, or kind of thing when like you that. Get, when did so, you get your first electric guitar, Pat? Uh, I got my first electric when I was 
12, I think. So like middle school. And then that's when I got to start learning those like, you know, Green Day tunes and Jimi Hendrix. And was that Green Day cassette? The, was, was that Green Day cassette the first music that you bought for yourself? Yeah, yeah. It was like the first, you know, one that was like my and what, own. What was day. the first gig you went to that you picked? Uh, Green Day, actually. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, it's it's funny. I'm like saying all this like. What's his name? Billy Billy Joe. He Billy he Joe. Came, yeah. He came here. I have, he had like, another I'm band, not, you know, called. What's that? He had another band before that called. Uh, I can't remember what they were called, but he came in. He came to Pedro and played. So oh, I got really? I got to meet him here in Pedro. Yeah, That's it was Gunpowder something. Powder oh, keg. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I forget the name of it. And he was a really nice guy. Really nice guy. Yeah, he's cool, man. So um, his guitar playing was a big inspiration for you. Yeah, totally, man. I remember learning those those tunes and and I was so young and then like it kind of instilled that like driving like rhythm guitar thing in me, which, you know, sticks with you, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. First impressions are really strong. Uh, what about now? You taught in junior high. You're making the garage band, bedroom band, uh, basement band. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. What was I that like? like the, what was that like? That was cool. I'd say like the first thing I, I did these like rock camp, like summer camp kind of things through a music school in Austin, and that was kind of my first experience, like playing with other people in like a rock kind of setting so i did those and then uh that was like every summer and then i had like a proper like garage band with friends i'd say when i was like 14 and first year in high school and kind of just just you know finding the other kids i was new at a at a public school and i was just like trying to find the other guitar kids you know and right but what about at that I, camp the camp probably set up gigs huh maybe your first gigs were at these camps yeah man it was super sick like um it was awesome school of music and so they kind of set it up like a two-week thing you practice you like record a little demo and then the gig is at uh or was at antones you know the like kind of sure. classic downtown club. Yeah. yeah downtown austin um so they'd have like a thing that was like a day early afternoon show on like a saturday um what was the first one for you like playing those first gigs that first vv first gig can you remember VV it first gig yeah i remember it uh i was probably pretty nervous i think we played like a kiss song probably one green day song uh I believe we actually had two drummers in that band. <laughs> right. Pretty hip. Were you scared? Grateful uh, Dead. Yeah, yeah, totally. I remember being nervous. I had like a guitar solo on one song, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, like pressure's on. You know, uh, but, two, uh, two, yeah. drum, two drum sets is more Grateful Dead than it is Green Day. Oh yeah, super dead. <laughs> Look, I want to play uh, uh, "STN" by Jerome. Okay.
died, she died She died in a workplace Homicide Her boss was older And grayer too He got jealous of her youth To lunch each day She was smart that way When he saw time she meet her fate Thought it fit to give her A proper ceremony So she ended up In the break room crematory she died, she died She died In a workplace Homicide She died, she died She died In a workplace Homicide She died, she died Watch for Pedro show. Yeah, that was uh, stay the night. I was enlightened. Yeah, yeah, that's it. uh, Pat here to uh, tell me um, uh, what STN secretly means by Jerome. And yeah. then we had Andrea Belfi. In the last show, I played part one of this live gig he did. And uh, here's the part two with uh, ISO Lead and Sinclean. After that, Wild Rats, which was a prize where I got to play with Ron Ashton for this uh, movie soundtrack, Velvet Goldmine, 1997. And Steve Shelley's releasing this stuff now with Don Fleming and Thirst. After that, only now with Merciless. Destiny, Aunt Sally, I was chosen. Aunt Sally's an early version, or it's an early band for that uh, experimental uh, musician feud. And uh, I was chosen. Yeah, 1979, I guess you would, yeah, early uh, Osaka punk. And then Jerome with Workplace Homicide. (laughs) Yeah, that's called Postal, right? Not as many lately, maybe because of the COVID-19 sitch, but other ways to be crazy and stupid. So, people, let's get together. Back to Pat's journey through music. So, uh, did did you get to record at the rock camp? Yeah, yeah. they had This music school had, like, a proper studio. So, uh, so, yeah, they would do, you know, just the live tracking kind of thing, two songs, I think. And, uh, yeah. So that was kind of first recording experience. Yeah, yeah, that's happening. You know, a lot yeah. of schools cut out the music programs, so that's why I always ask about music in school. And th- this sounds yeah. re- really fucking happening. Yeah, it was it was super cool, man. And like you know, there's so many of those like around the country now. But I I want to say this was one of the first ones that did like you know the like summer band camp, rock camp kind of thing, and then. Uh, like they started out doing it in the 
the ninth or mid nineties, late nineties or something like that. So You know, awesome. last summer last summer, Jay Maskis wrote me an email asking me, he's got a summer camp. And he asked Yeah, me, dude, I saw that. I, man, that was like a a dream. I was like, Oh dude, if I could go to that as like a thirty year old dude. <laughs> but, but, well why not? I mean you know what I mean? I mean what, yeah. is there a point when you should say, Oh, I'm too old to learn? Isn't that kind of stupid? Oh, super stupid. Yeah. I like still learn like I've been every day during this whole quarantine deal, like learning charting out songs, like uh my first one I did, Pictures of Lily. I wrote down the all who? the <laughs> Man, we, me and D. Boone were way into that song. In fact, I kind of used yeah. some of the music to write a song called Piss Bottle Man. Okay, I was leading you that way, Mike. I just <laughs> I was doing my back research for uh, for this interview, and I was reading your page, and I was like, holy shit, he has a song with Evan Dando, and like Lemonheads, Evan Dando has been like my hero god of the past like two years. Big influence on all the drum stuff. Yeah, he. Yeah, that's what he started out as. People don't mm -hmm. know that, right? First Lemonheads, and then yeah. uh, the the. I think the good, the real good record was Shame About Ray. Oh, dude, I can. Yeah, I can play that one on guitar, top to bottom. Man. Yeah, yeah, I got to do a lot of gigs with him. Also, on that song was Joe Biza and Xander Schloss and Bob Lee was on the drums. Yeah, yeah, you know that, that was a trippy record. On where guitar on that is that Jay on lead guitar now? No, he's John Strom. Oh, okay. Who had a band, the bass player for It's a Shame About Ray had a band called Blake Babies with John Strom, and he played the uh, guitar. Okay, cool. And then the singers are Petra Hayden, her sister's Rachel, Tanya. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that record was a trip. Yeah, like every the backgrounds on the female vocals. Well, I had to, somebody to do John Antwistle and Pete Townsend, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, uh, that album was like one band for one song, so I could put together. Yeah, yeah. they uh, call it they call it a solo record, but there was forty eight fucking people on that. That's not solo. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I do my my records. It's just like okay, I'm I'm writing the songs, and then like you know you have so many friends who are sick players. You're like, oh, I'll get this dude or that dude. Like it's kind of a good way to do it, you know. Yeah, well, we're going to get to that, but I want to fill in the gap in between. Uh, Austin School of Music in, in those times. So after high school, did you go to college to, for more music? Uh, yeah, I went to community college like in Austin and I did like a couple years of audio engineering, kind of like learning how to record and once again, like solid education at Austin School of Music, or sorry, Austin Community College had like a really good, like proper studio with like a huge analog like daking board and a bunch of outboard gear and pro tools and all that so i learned how to do, to do that for a year and then kind of switch to more like jazz guitar performance kind of stuff for a couple of years never got like a proper uh associates for them but was kind of just hanging around the music school there for a few years yeah and in in, in in the meantime you were in bands around town oh yeah yeah i kind of I'm jumping around here, but uh, was kind of my first proper gigging band called Blues Mafia, actually, in high school. Uh, kind of formed out of that Austin School of Music rock camp scene I was in. And then we just broke off and like did our own band. And it was like we were gigging with all these blues bands and at Antones and 
all the clubs around Austin from when I was like 16, 17, all the way up until I was like, that band broke up when I was probably like 20 or something. So it was like a four year run with them. And that was like my first proper like gigging. Did you, did you get to tour with them? Uh, we didn't, we would tour like regionally around Texas, like drive out to Houston and surrounding cities. And then we did one like flight, like came out to LA. We had a guy out here who wanted to record us. Oh, and speaking of the who, we had this cat, uh, Shell Tommy, who was the dude. The first who manager. Produced. First manager. Yeah, yeah. And first producer. He produced yeah. um, My Generation. We got right, to do right. This. And in fact, he wrote so, like Circles. Well, it's got different names. Sometimes it's called uh, Disguises, Circles. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, he got to, he brought in, he wouldn't let them sing backups. He brought in other backup singers. Oh, that's wild! I never knew that. And then that he made awesome. a, got a band to sound like them called uh, I don't know what's that song, Painter Man and stuff like that. The uh-huh. the something. Yeah, he was. So you got to meet him, huh? Work with him? Yeah, we got to work with him. Then we never got to make the record with him, but we did some pre-production. He actually flew to Austin and like came to some of our rehearsals and like you know did just basic pre-production, kind of like sitting in and giving us kind of suggestions on some of our tunes and the, crea- the creation cool. i remember the name it was called the creation he must have been an older gentleman when he was with you right yeah yeah he was he was probably um yeah in his late 70s late 70s or something i want to say at the time this was like 10 plus years ago but what was he like in person really mellow super nice guy uh he had like recently gone blind actually so he was kind of like you know, needed some help getting around, and our friend uh, who was going to fund our record at the time was, like, neighbors with him, so he brought him into Austin, flew in with them, and I just remember him being, like, a really, like, soft-spoken, like, cool dude, and, like, classic, like, rock producer guy, like, with the, like, sunglasses, and, like, you know, <laughs> like, that whole, like, he was definitely, like, you know, classic record man, music biz kind of dude. <laughs> right, so after... Uh... The, the blues breaks blues up. Mafia. Blues yeah. Mafia breaks up. Then what's mm-hmm. next for you? Uh, I was in a couple other bands around Austin. I was in like a live hip hop band. And then I did like a jazz trio thing. That was kind of like a side gig. Like we had like a restaurant gig for five years or something like that. Wow. And, uh, and then more indie bands. And oh, and then um, one of the guys from Blues Mafia went solo. And I was like a sideman for him. He ended up getting signed to Atlantic Records. His name's Max Frost. And so he had some like success. And I did my first like big tour with him in 2013. We like, you know, came out to LA and we're opening for Gary Clark Jr., blues guitar dude out of Austin. And like, so we got to play like the Will Turn out here and terminal five in new york and like all this that was like my first like big like kind of cool touring gig yeah uh terminal five yeah terrible sound there but wilton wilton yeah incredible on on the tour wilshire boulevard and sixth street right downtown it's green yeah yeah it's it's a it's a a, 
K-Town's got almost up to there now. Uh, very, that, yeah. So th th that's that's interesting. You got in it's because of the Blues Mafia connect because you played with yeah, him earlier. Yeah, all through that connect, he was you know, the people, other guitar player, and people, then I kind of he broke off and went solo, and I was just like a sideman for him. Yeah, there. but but people should realize that you shouldn't burn Brit. You never know what's down the road. Oh yeah, totally, man. And we're like, I don't play in his band anymore, but we're still like homies to this day, and I still collaborate with him. I actually did a live stream, like quarantine live stream with him, like a month ago or something he's a good friend of mine now oh shit we're at the uh, we're at the end of the first hour july right. 27 2020 edition block peter show special guest pat meritons hold tight for hour two july 27 2020 second hour the live for pedro show
And I wonder what do you think of me or do you think of me at all? And should I stumble? Would you catch me? Would you let me fall? And if the answer to these questions lies within your eyes, then why can I not see it? Am I dumb or am I blind? Or blinded by my love, perhaps a love that will not fade. Cause what we think is one thing, another what we say in a way.
Watch for Peter show. Start the second hour off with Simple Thing from Jerome. Then brand new from Team Dresh, Detached. Guided by Voices. Unfun Glitz. I think this is from last year. In the last year, he's done three albums. One of them, double album. This guy, Bob Pollard, he put stuff out. Thorn Friends from Austin with 90 Meters. Maya from Up the City, Wasting Away. Black Moon Tape, The Journey, and finally... Jerome with, <laughs> do I have to tell you? Sweet. <laughs> I think that was the last word I heard out of you. Now, what I wanted you to do off air, people, I was asking Pat yeah. about this. You know, he's talking about helping his buddy out on tour in Los Angeles. But the last we heard from him, he had a restaurant gig in Austin. So what happened in between? Um, yeah, I, uh, I moved out to LA in 2016 and kind of, you know, things were kind of at like, I guess like a stopping point in Austin. I didn't really have any bands that I was like deep into. And then, um, yeah, like I said, I've always seen myself as like a, or did for a long time before starting to the Jerome thing more as like a sideman. So I always had my, my sights on LA and like the classic, uh, session man, touring man, lifestyle. And so I, yeah, moved out here April 2016 and was re like in Echo Park, Silver Lake area and kind of just got into the music scene around around here, you know. Do you think it has to be either or? No, you know, I, it really doesn't, man. I, maybe I had it in my head like that at one time. and then, Well, when you start out, you don't know. You got to find out, right? Yeah, you got to figure it out. And, like, I just kind of dove back in, and the only way I know how to do it is just hanging out and going to gigs. So I did that, and one thing led to another. Started playing in bands around here, and one, one band turned into five bands within the course of, like, a couple years, and different genres of music and uh yeah the first band was strange phases which i think i gave you some on we're gonna the play that here. yeah we're gonna play that near the end and caesar says yeah caesar size too he was same kind of crew and uh and got to do some touring with him we i just I, I just thought i'd put all the jerome songs around each other because yeah, jerome is you right jerome is your baby yeah, Jerome is my thing. So Jerome is actually my middle name. Uh, and But yeah, that's essentially like my solo project or, or my, my music. And then I kind of... So, well, tell me how... It, where did it start? Here? SoCal? Yeah, yeah. On Los Angeles, I'd say over the past like year, year and a half. And uh, yeah, it kind of just came out of like me getting super deep into the whole like 90s power pop thing like talking about Lemonheads and Evan Dando and all that stuff along those lines like Matthew Sweet, Teenage Fan Club and I was just you know felt the need to like I wanted to be in a band like that and none of my bands were really like that so I had to make my own thing you know yeah and I'm thinking listening to your story your journey uh -huh. this, this might be the the first band you put together uh yeah i'd say it's like my own thing yeah yeah this is like my first thing hence why you use your name that makes sense yeah yeah exactly. now t tell me about the first jerome gig first prop um first proper jerome gig was actually just at the beginning of this year prior to the shutdown i'd say 
January. Uh, yeah, late January. I just put out the EP that um, that like STN and and uh, those other ones are on. I released that in November 2019, and that was kind of like me playing most of the instruments and then uh, two different drummers, but it was kind of just a self-produced thing. And then uh, I was like, man, I need to get out there and play some, play some gigs. Uh, one fell into my lap over at Resident, which is in downtown LA, like Arts District area. Got a live band together of some friends, and and it was a super awesome first gig. It and went good. Front of our, okay, like, it went good. It went good. Oh, dude, it was like it couldn't have gone better, man. It was awesome. Well, I always ask about first gigs because they can be all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, I got lucky. I mean, I've had some bad first gigs with various <laughs> projects, and this, like, couldn't have been better. The sound was great, had a good turnout. Uh, my band is killer. Like, you know, I think we did, like, two rehearsals, and they're just, you know. Do you ever use the word practice? You know, I'm more of, I, I'm more leaning on the rehearsal. I'm more of a rehearsal versus practice guy. Yeah, because uh, I wonder, because yeah. I've yet to hear a basketball player say, I'm going to go to the gym and rehearse some hoops. Right, right. I want to play a get on here. I think I know a place. We could go
This is a funky little New York song. Uh, it's called Waiting for the Man. And uh, it's got a nice nice theme behind it. And, you know, good words and good melody and everything. <laughs> Six dollars in my hand. Up to Lexington and one to five. Feel sick and dirty, more dead than alive. I'm waiting for my man. Hey, white boy. What you doing uptown? Hey, white boy, you chasing our women around? Oh, oh pardon me, sir, it's furthest from my mind. I'm just looking for a dear, dear friend of mine. I'm waiting for my man. Dressed up in black <laughs> Christian Dior shoes Umbrella and a big straw hat He's never early He's always late You know the very first thing you learn Is that you've always got a way I'm waiting for my man Stone up three flights of stairs. Everybody's got you pinned, baby, but you know, no, no, nobody cares. He's got the works on, gives you sweet taste, but then you got to split because you got no time to waste. Oh. Don't you fall and shout 
I'm feeling good. I'm gonna work it on out. I'm feeling good. Oh, I'm feeling so fine. Until tomorrow, but that's just another time now. I'm waiting for my man. All right, come on, baby. I'm waiting for my man. I'm, 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 I'm waiting, 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 wait, 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 waiting on my man. No, I'm waiting for my man.
start off that chunk of music with Jerome doing Get On. Was that from the EP also? No, so that was actually a Later. really okay. early like demo. Oh, uh, early. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one's actually like one of the oldest ones. That's I gave you a couple unreleased tunes because That's all you right. Asked for, you asked for eleven songs. Yeah, it's yeah. Such, uh it's such a new project. I had to I had to give you a couple exclusives, man. Yeah, but Pat, what I like to do is I like to bu- uh bookend the chunks of music with the guest. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I asked for eleven. It's it's not to sweat you or anything. Totally, man. No, um, but yeah, that was like an early, early one from. But it's you on everything, right? Uh, yeah, that's me on everything except for the drums. That's my boy Max, who I was, I was okay. t- saying uh, I toured with him. So, so he's like a multi instrumentalist. He plays everything. So I got him to. Well, I seen pictures smack of you. The drums I, on that one. I seen pictures of you with a bass and a guitar, but I didn't see you on drums. So you play all the instruments, but drums. Yeah, that's pretty much the deal. I play bass and drums, and I think there's actually harmonica on that one, too. I kind of, you know, faked a little harmonica, too. Yeah, yeah, John Fogarty. You know, when it came down the road, he taught himself sax and organ. You know, he got tired of guitar. Whoa, that's wild, man. Mystical Weapons after that. That's uh, Sean Lennon and uh, Les Claypool. Colony Collapse Disorder. Sawako Daisuka Miyatani with uh, Sao. So, sorry, I'm going to say, two backs from Italy with Iola Oriale. Orale. <laughs> Shit, I fuck up people's language, so sorry, forgive me. Peter Lochner after that from the old days in Cleveland, waiting for the man, Velvet Tim. And finally, Jonah from Jerome. Oh, yeah. The J-Boys. J <laughs> 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 so, so uh, you, you do make demos. Yeah, yeah, I make demos, and a lot of a lot of my tunes kind of stem from the demo. Like I'll just, uh, you know, do it with the drum machine, do some basic layering, and then I'll like send it off to a drummer or get a drummer in a room and um, and kind of build like replace the drum machine kind of thing and build it from the demo. Okay, and then. Obviously, you write the bass along with the other stuff, but then you bring it for gigs, right? You bring, you got a bass man. Yeah, yeah, I got a bass man. Uh, his name's Dalton Jackson, another uh, Los uh, Austinite turned Angelino. <laughs> ah, so you got connects from the former town. Oh, yeah, tons of them. A bunch of, like, my Austin buddies have moved out here, actually. It's kind of funny. You know, of all the towns you could have picked. Yeah. Uh, did you like consider more than SoCal? Uh, I kind of always had my, my sights set on, on California, you know? Okay. okay. Um, I came out, I've been like visiting and coming out here for like, I don't know, 10 plus years or maybe not 10. I don't know. Like, yeah. Ever since like my teenage years, I just loved it out here. Because you know, there is, I mean, inside the area, which is huge, mm-hmm. you know, m- many millions of people, many, uh, maybe a hundred square miles. Yeah, uh, it's massive. But, but, but after that, there's hell rides to tour. <laughs> I mean, you could do an I-5 tour, right? But then to get all the rest of the country, there's the Rocky Mountains and all that stuff in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really the best touring hub out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one reason why Billy from The Descendants moved to uh, Fort Collins. Because he thought in the middle of the country there, in the uh, 
you know, the other side of the Rockies. Right, yeah. yeah. It's a smart move. But, <laughs> well, I don't know about touring these days. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be a minute. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it'll come back maybe a little different. Uh, look, we're at the end of the second hour. July 27, 2020, Dishawat from Pedro Show, special guest, Pat Maritens. Hold tight for hour three. July 27, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. story used to know it out of nowhere used to fake it then the day spent off and only it can't bore me
Some warned us, but we wouldn't listen.
Shall we start the third hour off with Jerome off and only? Yeah. And I think that's, is that the name of the EP? Uh, that one's actually a single. Ah, okay. I, yeah. I put that I one fuck out everything up. like a little over a month ago and I did that. Wow. One this is, so this is still got steam coming off. Yeah. That okay. one's fresh, man. I was still like promoting it. I, I recorded that during quarantine, like all from my house Yeah, uh, and, and then kind of did it uh track style like email style like so that's a couple of my friends in austin played on that my buddy Coulter lutes played drums my buddy jan fleming played uh organ on it uh just like emailed them the you know the tracks back sure. and forth a little trade files uh, yeah yeah just fi file style man <laughs> which is cool you know but, but hopefully we get down the road where we can actually play with each other yeah man it's it's that's down the road it, you know uh, it won't we ever replace but man and especially compared to the old days where if you wanted to collab you had to be there with the dude yeah the fly, I know, man. you know so it's, it's not totally lame i hear people pissing and moaning man we get a situation put on us let's deal with it yeah yeah you just make you know the what best i mean yeah god right, all the no. belly aching and whining if you think about the events in history it could be a lot rougher in a way I mean, losing a thousand people a day is pretty bad, but yeah, uh, pretty heavy. the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Second War, the First War—I mean, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So I think every era's got their challenges, and let's just get together and deal with. Okay, David Gerard after that from Massachusetts with—I uh, think he did this upstate New York, sheltered in place. He's into this thing called ambient. I—I I, could see down the road, Pat. You've got a future uh -huh. in ambient. <laughs> Uh, what, uh, what's man, that? No, that's kind of a joke because you're not ambient. You're full of licks. You're Lightning Hopkins. In fact, you you could have grew up in Houston with that Lightning Hopkins, uh, those licks. Oh, man, I love Lightning. Yeah, I actually yeah. just got into him during quarantine. Uh, you know, he did that sh a lot of that shit on acoustic. Yeah, dude, he, pl he played a but, Gibson J50, man. But, I just watched the documentary uh, Blues According to Lightning Hopkins. Oh, it's so yeah, because a lot of those licks turn into ZZ Top. <laughs> Yeah, dude, they're like the, the basis for all that. And I mean, Texas guitar culture, that's all I grew up in. It was all yeah. big amps and Stevie Ray Vaughan and Stratocasters. And, but, and but the licks, you know, the, 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 the idea of having the lick, you know, where you're not just strumming chords, man. you got this kind of 
percussive rhythmic thing going and it gets yeah. going great with a good drummer and a good bass guy i think billy was houston but dusty and frank were dallas and they came yeah. from they came from a blues band okay yeah. then we had damon smith on the up right he's in st louis these days and and this project you uh foreshadowed to the listeners 2020 by strange phases uh-huh yeah well in yes. lightness what's that in lightness Oh, so that Strange Phases, that was the first band I joined when I moved to L.A. in like 2016. And uh, I was actually playing bass um, for them when I first started. They had already like made a full length record. So we kind of like gigged around and I was slanging my big white P bass and singing backgrounds. And it was fun. It was kind of like the first like proper like indie rock kind of band I was in. Is indie a sound? Indie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a broad <laughs> thing, you know. Kind of bullshit, eh? Like alternative? It is, man. Like You're alternative? Right. I hated that word alternative. I mean, what's alternative to music? Silence? <laughs> right, yeah. And it's like, what's indie? Independent, right? Yeah, so, but I mean, does what does that tell you about the sounds? That's just yeah. the way you're trying to... Uh, you know, I would, find yourself, I would right? Strange Phases is kind of like pretty heavily influenced by like Britpop 90s stuff and uh, like Shoegaze, like Ride and Swerve Driver. Now, was, um, was there any Austin guys in this band? No, I'm, I'm the sole Austin guy. That project's kind of the brainchild of my buddy Kurt Barlage. And uh, like I said, first, like, L.A. collaborator. He's a South Bay dude. He grew up in Redondo. Redondo. Okay, let's listen to Climax. <laughs>
Our last music for this edition, uh, Climax, Strange Phases. Then Heavenly Channel Season 1, LP8, Side B from Galaxy. This is uh, Jared Raquel out in Joshua Tree. During this Quentin Quarantino mode, they've done eight albums. <laughs> so I want to hear anybody whining about being bored, all right? You don't have to sit on your hands and get up there and record. Pat's doing it. I'm fucking trying my hardest. Anyway, that's the last of them. I've played all eight for the last eight shows. And incredible inspiration. Thank you, Galaxy people. And they're out in the desert where you got to do something where you just dry up with or <laughs> And then finally, Reckless Child from Caesar Sayers. And uh, he's one of your early uh, SoCal Connects, right? Yeah, yeah, he was probably the second band I started playing with, and still play with him. And uh, yeah, I was on that one. I played the slide guitar solo on that one. Okay, well, yeah, slide is. If you're from Texas and you do slide, that's a job. Yeah, back to the licks. <laughs> back to the licks. Look, where can people find you on the internet, Pat? Uh, best hub for me is is Instagram, and uh, that's so kind of my my Jerome Central. There's no Pat Mertens. Under my name, if you just look up Pat Mertens, M-E-R-1-0-S, and that's kind of where I do my thing and, and post about all the gigs and recordings. And that's somebody else's fucking site. You don't have your own Pat Mertens site. Uh, no, I don't have a website. I'm kind of just, just you know, doing you can get a free one from personal right? media, you social get, media kind of stuff. You can get a free one. I'm just trying to give you a little advice. You can get a free one from WordPress. I just think... It's all right to put words out on those things, but man, if they go down, you go down with them. So you should have, I mean, this goes back to fanzines, right? That's totally. that's all. Yeah, that's all. So I ain't trying to scold you. So, so people, you look for Pat, Pat, M-E-R with the uh, Roman numeral one zero. And then S, an S. And then an S. Sure. Right, right. So, and that's like a instant ham handle, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. So slash instant ham slash whatever. And uh, what's your next plan? 
Uh, I got a couple more tunes I've written. I'm trying to like get in, into a proper studio. So like I'm kind of just trying to up my production game with everything I come out with. So the first EP was all pretty, I'd say, lo-fi and produced by by yours truly. And then kind of did the same thing on that on that new single. But I'd say I kind of stepped it up fidelity-wise a little bit on the mix. And then um, got two more to crank out that I want to get done at a real studio. And I kind of have a couple options I'm looking at for that. And so, yeah, probably another, another little EP or single coming soon. And, uh, you know, up to this point, from when you first started as a boy on that acoustic. Mm-hmm. You meet a young person. What advice would you give from all that experience? Oh, man. I'd say just keep keep doing it, you know? I'd say the persistence is, like, the key, you know? Just play every day and and, uh, and love it, you know what I mean? Stay inspired. Keep, keep digging. I mean, there's a lot of... Yeah, that's, that's good advice. I mean, uh, but... It, Maybe to do that, you need a little belief in yourself. Yeah, totally. Kind of. Because um, have you had doubts? Oh yeah, majorly. <laughs> yeah, I get buttloads all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's like part of of uh, a musician is just. So so what what do you do? Crippling self doubt. Yeah, but what 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 do you do to get <laughs> over that? Uh, to get over the doubt. Yeah. I don't know man like i said just keep learning like i like stay inspired keep digging for records and new people to to uh obsess with well that, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. you yeah. mean likewise yeah. likewise uh that's broad <laughs> advice kind of broad but but, but but you said earlier go to gigs find people yeah go to gigs like that's been like coming from austin the live music scene there you could like you could pop around and go to four gigs in a night and just, you know, jazz, blues, rock, everything, country. Um, and that's a big part of it. And, and just to like the community of it, like talking to you or like any other musician. And that's kind of a big part of just keeping the, the wheels turning, I think is, is the communal aspect of it, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much for, being on the show, part of this little community. Yeah, <laughs> truly, thank you yeah. so much. It's like an honor to 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 be here and chat with you, man. Really. Yeah, and when you get new music, come back on the show. People, it's been Good. July 27, 2020 edition of the Watford Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>